And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show. I am Jared Weiss. He's Mo DeKeel. Daniel Lehman is our producer. And we're going to start with the Mavs Clippers game because Nicholas Batum didn't miss a shot until his very last shot of the game, which happened to be his best play of the game because he had to miss a free throw to try to extend the game. The ball fell into Robert Covington's hands. He looked at the rim before the ball was in his hands. And what happened after that, Mo? Uh, I mean, he just lost the ball out of bounds. It's the classic. If you're a football fan, it's the classic. You don't look the ball under your hands. You immediately start looking upfield and they blew it right there. And I think that was a big opportunity in that moment. Batum was awesome in this game. Seven to seven. I mean, he, I mean, all threes, like he just kind of went completely nuts scoring wise off the bench for the, the Clippers, but a, a bit of a disappointing loss. I thought they, I thought they had it. Like it really seemed like they had it. Also, it was just funny that Covington only played five minutes and he just came in for that one play. And they, they ex, and we just have to talk about that for a second. They executed a brilliant play there where they box out all the the uh, Mavs into the middle of the paint and he sneaks around the backside of the lane there. I mean, it worked to perfection. It was one of the few things that worked to perfection in this game. Uh, I mean, Paul George. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't the Clippers' offense especially not in the first half when they only managed to score 32 points. Like, you know, this is this is really what's been plugging the plugging the Clippers all season. They erupted it in the second half, but that's an issue. Like they can't you can't come out flat like that and only score 15 and 17 points uh, over two quarters. Like that's brutal. And this is a game where Paul George played 42 minutes. I mean, they they rode they rode the wave with him as much as possible, but he had 10 turnovers. Like it, it was it was rough. Yeah, I mean, it just it, it just was not a good night in terms of taking care of the ball from the Clippers. 21 turnovers, half of that practically from Paul George. Like, damn, man, you're 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 really putting yourself in the hole as a team. And on the other side, Luka Doncic just continuing to be Luka Doncic, you know, just a quiet 35, 11, five assist night, just quiet. Hit half his shots, hit all of his free throws, only three turnovers. Beautiful, beautiful shot at the end there. I mean, that that was the side of the game. I mean, that put them up, I think, four or five right there. The Clippers played great defense, really, that entire possession. And then the ball finds its hands right into Luka, and he just drills it. I think that's just a tough break right there for for how they're playing. And, and, you know, that's just the other thing about Luka, man. Like, he's incredible, Jared. Like, we're running out of adjectives for him. I mean, they do call him magic for a reason. Um the Mavs closing this one out, you know, because they had they had a huge lead. They were up by was it twenty like five in the first half. Clippers offense found itself. I mean, credit to John Wall, he, he came through again. Uh, Mook had a pretty decent second half. 
Um, how did you feel like Dallas responded in the stretch? No, I think they just made just enough right plays down the stretch to 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 keep the game going for them. I think that was the important thing in, in the way that they played. They got lucky. Let's just not you know skip over the whole Covington thing, just dropping the ball out of bounds. They got lucky on that play, but sometimes you got to get a little lucky. They made the right moves. Up three, they fouled you know, on the inbounds to make sure that they, the Clippers didn't have a chance to tie it. And that's what led to the situation with uh, Covington. I feel like in general, you know, nice, nice win. You wish you could blow them out because then you can give Luca some rest. I mean, heavy minutes load, 40 minutes for Luca, 41 for Dinwiddie. I mean, you're, you're really overloading these guys. Let's head out to the Pelicans winning without Zion. It's it's amazing how they're able to win without Zion every single time we have the dig. Uh, they beat Memphis, who had Jaron Jackson Jr. back. They win 113-102. to 102. And let's just start with CJ McCollum, who had a 30-point night with nine dimes and only two turnovers. And he was just so good moving the ball in the fourth quarter. I mean, this is why you made the move that you made last season, right? Like, you know, you're making the joke of just how they kind of win without Zion. Jared, they did that all last season. When Zion's not playing, they get to kind of just go back to, hey, let's just play the way we played last season, and they and they begin to get moving with everything that they got. CJ's a pro. It's that simple. You know, and I think that's just what you're getting from him. You know, very seasoned. He's kind of just a perfect piece for this team in terms of keeping the flow and, and no one wanting to get the right guys the ball and the right shots. But I think there's another guy you want to talk about, Jared. I mean, we're talking about Larry Nance Jr., the one and only. The dominant Larry Nance Jr. He was so good. I mean, him just, you know what was funny was, I mean, he was good rolling to the hoop, but CJ was finding him just kind of like wide open in the dunker spot there at the end of the games. I mean, they were getting Memphis's defense in all sorts of weird spots, and Nance was just flying through and making them pay. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's just, again, it's easy. You have a guy like CJ teeing you up. It can make guys like Nance a, a much bigger weapon. In that sense, right? Somebody that could find him on the dunker spot and, you know, make the right plays with everything that they have. Like, this was just an impressive performance. Again, we I expect this from New Orleans, even when Zion's out. They proved it last year that they can win games without Zion. And I feel like, you know, even if Zion's out, they have a chance to win. Okay, well, great game from Ja, but obviously we got to talk about Triple J. How did he look to you? He looked rusty. I think he's trying to kind of find his flow. I mean, three of 14 from the field is a tough night, you know, and I think he's at some points forcing it. I mean, he's been sitting out and probably chomping at the bits to play. But Jared, 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 we got to talk about that jaw dunk. It was nice. It was pretty nice. I I, I mean, no, stop it. You're pre- <laughs> If it was Poku, you would have opened the show with it. Stop it. <laughs> no, that thing was damn impressive. It's like the new version of the MJ switching hands, except this time it was a dunk. Like that was an impressive ass dunk from him in that in in that play. It's you know, Ja was awesome in this game again tonight. Thirty six points, just kind of rolling, but too much, too much uh, CJ, too much Brandon Ingram, and too much of your guy Larry Nance Jr. Honestly, I was kind of confused. Like, why did he switch the hand? It felt like he already had the dunk up there and was going to get fouled on it, too. Did he do it just just to put MJ in his place? I mean, if you can, if you have the opportunity to do that, you do that. Um, Listen, yeah, if you missed a dunk, you're like, what the hell are you doing? And all that (laughs) stuff. But in general, I think it's just a uh, uh, 
in the moment, he probably didn't think he had it. And that's why he had to switch it over. I, you know, but did you catch also the, uh, the little rivalry brewing between, uh, one, uh, um, Jose Alvarado and, uh, our good old buddy, John Morant. I actually didn't even notice that. Take me through it. Well, there was uh, Alvarado gets a bucket on him on one end. Morant comes back to him on the other end, gets an and one and then hits him with the two small. It was just fun stuff. Like this is, this is guys, this is what we love in basketball and what we've been needing rivalries, little, I'm- little, little sort of chippiness. I love it. I mean, what I loved about the two small is that, like, um, you know, Alvarado really muscled through him on his layup. It was kind of yeah, like <laughs> they both had, like, the same exact play. It's like, I don't understand why Jaws hit him with the two small, but it's literally like, the, the, not only is it the same move, Jaw didn't even, like, muscle him. He just kind of shot over him a little bit. It's like, I, I feel like Alvarado should be the one going with the two small. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's... The thing is, when you do the too small to Alvarado, everybody just goes like, yeah, that's kind of the point. <laughs> you know, he is small and just playing so well, but um, just fun. I I like the, the, the rivalry building within this team. I think this is something that's going to be fun to keep an eye on all season because I think the Pelicans can win the division. Let's get to the Blazers. They win 117 to 110 over the Spurs. Which is remarkable considering Jakob Pertl was taking over offensively, something we're totally used to and totally expected. But uh, Jeremy Grant, Anthony Simons, Dame Lillard all came through at different parts of this game. It really was Anthony Simons' tightly contested three at the very end to give them the separation they needed to win it. Yeah, but I think it was also a big couple of big plays. Damian Lillard coming up with a big block mm. on Bates Diop down the stretch. And then on the next play hit in one of his deep threes that really kind of put the Spurs behind the eight ball. And then as you said, Simons with the big, big, big three, where it looked like, Hey, like this is going to be a possession where the Spurs are going to get a stop down to have a chance to go at it on the other end. Spurs offense down the stretch was brutal. They gave up a 17 to four run in, you know, to end this game. Like that's, that's how you lose games. That's simple. Listen, so the, the legend, Jakob Pertl, he tipped in, kind of volleyball set, tipped in a layup with seven minutes left to put him up six. That was his 31st point of the night. Their next field goal was three minutes later at Bates Diop. He had a putback, which is like, you know, still not a good offensive possession. It wasn't until Kelton Johnson with like two minutes left had that really nice floater. But that was it. Those are the only points that they had in the stretch. I mean, they were in full control, two possession lead, and it just evaporated. Yeah, I mean, just some really bad shots, and I'm going to take a a little bit of a cheap shot at Josh Richardson. Does he need to be playing that much? He got 24 (laughs) minutes. He got he's one of the guys who took a bad shot in the fourth quarter, you know, just kind of settling for a three. And, you know, for a team that's going to be trying to go younger and things like that, do you need him to be playing 24 minutes? I mean, at least Vassell and Johnson are getting you know the, the key minutes. And Vassell, I, I joked before that you, it's funny. I said I wanted to do Spurs. You're like, nah, second night of back-to-back. They're going to get blown out. I said there was going to be a 30-point game from Devin Vassell. I was a little bit – it ended in an L at the very least, the last name. It was Jakob Pertl, who I've always loved, and it was amazing to see him go 14 for 17 from the field. So he went 31 points in 31 minutes, 14 boards, and five assists. That's pretty remarkable. Devin Vassell, he had 21 points, 7 for 15 shooting. Uh, And then Jeremy Grant deserves a shout-out because he had 29 points. He shot 6 for 8 from deep. 29 points on on only 15 field goal attempts. That's really impressive. 
just an impressive night for him. But I also want to one thing that did catch my eye, even though they lost, and and maybe we're talking more about the Spurs and the Blazers than we should, and the fact that they lost. But I was kind of impressed with Sochan oh, yeah. on Damian Lillard. Like that was the thing where the Spurs were like, "All right, you got Dame down the stretch," and for the most part, I thought he did a pretty good job. Sochan might be able to defend one through five in a couple of years. I he might be able to do it now. Or can you do it now? Yeah, I mean he's he's so good, and obviously, like you love the hair. The hair just makes it so much fun to watch. But uh, wow, he has the tenacity, the balance, and the size. Like he's a lot bigger than I realized. I didn't get that pick until I saw how big he was, and it makes sense now. It feels like they picked Johnson and Vincell all over again. So the the Knicks won, and they beat the Jazz, and uh, that's shocking because the Jazz have been pretty good this year, uh, and the Knicks. Generally, haven't been pretty good for a while now. Uh, but I, I, this was this was a pretty pretty crucial game for them. Um, so they won one eighteen to one eleven in Utah, and they somehow stopped the clinic. Kelly Olynyk, who had twenty seven points, got to the line thirteen times. But this was a really nice game for Jalen Brunson. Yeah, I mean, it just it's amazing what a competent point guard does for the New York Knicks. And also, we can't we're going to have to start to assume that Jalen Brunson loves to play in Utah. Just, you know, very solid, easy 25 and eight type of night from him, 10 to 20 from the field. Like I, I pretty impressed with him. It was a close game. It's a seven point game, but you know, Brunson, man, when he goes into Utah, man, I, I think he's beginning to light up after what happened last year in the playoffs. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, we, we saved the best for last. Brooklyn Nets, they scored 121 points. They had a near 50-40-90 night. Solid offensive performance from Kevin Durant. That should be enough. That should be enough to get the win against Sacramento. Unless they give up 153 Wrong. points. Wrong, Jared. Wrong. That is not good enough to get the win against Sacramento. <laughs> because Sacramento, 60% from the field, 48.8% from three. Jared, 39 assists for the Sacramento Kings. They put up 153 points. That's a season high in the NBA. It comes right after uh, 145 points for OKC against the Knicks. What is with all these bottom feeder teams lighting it up on offense? Uh, I mean, this is just incredible. Kevin Herter had such a nice game. He shot 7 for 10. But it was Terrence Davis. I don't know where. He had 31 points in 26 minutes. Uh, 12 of 16, 7 at 10 for 3. They just couldn't stop him. Terrence Davis is too much. He is simply too much for the Brooklyn Nets. Congrats to whoever just hit on the parlay tonight of having the Kings set a new season high for points and Yaka Pirtle have 31 points. That person won at least $14 million, I hope. I mean, $14 million would be a lot. 
I mean, 14 million is what I hope I'll get paid for the next episode of The Ding, but we'll find out next time because he's Moe Tequila. I'm Jared White. She is Danielle Lehman producing. This is The Daily Ding on The Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.